Hello, my friends. I'm so excited that you're here with me today at Minutes with Monica. If you're not already aware of this, head on over to monicaswink.org. You're going to find all kinds of resources for you to experience life beyond faith to a life that's transformed. Why? Because I know there's so much more out there for you, my friend. And so I'm hoping and praying the best for that. So I am talking about trauma and it is not always the funnest subject to talk about, right? But trauma and crisis impacts and hits all of us at some point in our lives. And it's how we're prepared for it as well as how we respond to it that impacts not just that moment, not just that time frame or the event that, or life that's around that event, but it impacts us forever. There's no adjusting that. But there is adjusting how it impacts us. And so the ultimate question is, when it hits us, how do we respond? What's our response and how do we do this? Because ultimately for me, if I'm bringing this topic to you, it's because I want you to experience joy in life. I want you to know the goodness that is there for you and the peace that comes for you. And I can't talk about trauma without including that piece as well. So how do we respond when it hits us? If you go back, or if you're familiar with any of the other podcasts or any of my blogs, you you know that I have used an Apple image in the past, and I use it regularly to define us as humans. And I know it seems odd every time I say it, people look at me a little funny, but there's there's truth in it, right? We're all natural created beings, and so we respond no differently than any other piece of creation. However, the only response that we have different is that we can logically process things, which (laughs) I am not going to say is always our best quality. Sometimes we come out with some really scary things. (laughs) But if you consider an apple to define us, It's this inner part of the apple, the fleshy, juicy part that drives our responses. Why? It's because where we absorb all of the junk we want to absorb. And it's where we absorb this. It's where our responses to trauma are driven from unless we've trained it for something else. And here's what I mean. I'm going to use an example, and I, and I promise I'm just using this as an example. I don't mean anything by it. I'm not taking any stance on it. But you and I are a product. <clears throat> okay, I think we're much more than that. <laughs> I really and truly do. I think we're way more valuable than being a product. But look at it this way with me just for a minute. We're product much like baby formula. And actually, this is a perfect example right now because as I'm writing this and recording this podcast, baby formula is in high demand um, in, in an unhealthy way, right? 
Um, in the opposite of that demand is the production process, right? And it's not being produced the way it needs to be in order to meet that demand. But let's step back. Let's go back to some of the origins of baby formula. And baby formula only exists because of the world's or certain sections of the world has personal opinions about the value of baby formula and the purpose for it in our lives. And so they're cultural choices, okay? Again, not trying to start an argument, just using it as an image. You see, baby formula is not a natural or organic product. The organic product for feeding babies is mother's milk. But without going into it, the world or specific parts of the world have reason and justify the use of formula in place of mother's milk. Again, lots of backstory there, right? But there's no argument. It's just comparison. This gives formula its sense or its identity in a sense, right? All of its backstory, all of its cultural um choices, I guess, or opinions, the, the opinions and um, cultural choices that created this product of formula and all the goods and all the negatives that went with that, right? It all, in its sense, gives an identity to formula. <laughs> I hope you're still with me. I promise I'm not losing my mind. But you see, we as humans are much the same way we filter through our intellect our sense of reasoning our emotions our learned behaviors that inner juicy part of the apple right if you can imagine it that way all of this information that we filter all information that comes from the worlds around us all of that information we filter and then we attach it within an association to the particular people. And that in itself gives us our self identity. Now there's more to it. And there's much more that could be said about that topic in general in, in itself. But that's not my point today. What I want you to understand is this sense of identity and where it comes from just just getting a grasp of it because it impacts the rest of what we talk about. You see, because when trauma or crisis happen in our lives, it's from this place that we respond out of. It's not the natural or organic process. And I know some of you are thinking, wait, well, wait a minute. The psyche, the mental, the emotional, all that that goes into that is a natural part and it is very much so in fact i use three equal parts when i talk about the body and i know there's way more but i'm not science scientifically inclined and so that's where i limit it but we respond out of the mental the mental and the emotional but this isn't just a natural or organic process why because These are learned responses. These are informed pieces of identity 
that we take from other places that are not necessarily natural or organic and in results could become or are negative or unhealthy. So that's where I want you to see where I'm talking about when I'm saying it's not natural or organic. But remember that, like I said, you're not just one thing. You're not just mind that processes and feels, which is in your psyche, but you're also physical and spiritual as well. In fact, each of these areas of our beings have processes of their own, right? You've heard this stuff before. You've heard of fight or flight, right? And when we're in danger or we sense danger, our bodies naturally respond. The brain receives signal, then sends out a message to the body informing it how to act. You've probably learned that in elementary school. Sometimes we forget those things. But that's the natural process, right? And isn't it the natural responses that we often struggle with using? Okay, just be honest with yourself. I'm, I'm not picking on any one person here. Because it, what it is, it's often the aftermath of an event, whether it's trauma or crisis, in which we decide whether we're going to heal or not. Well, natural response of anything is to heal or to die, I guess. So maybe it is a natural response, but we struggle against that because ultimately the goal is to heal and almost all things attempt to heal. And that's the first starting point. Your life influences that you have absorbed into your mental and emotional self will inform you if you're even... They will inform you if you're even allowed to heal. I know that sounds crazy, (laughs) but there's a large amount of truth in it. And and I'm always talking about honest pieces, right? And being honest with yourself, self-awareness. And you know yourself, if you're sitting here listening right now, you know yourself if there's truth in that, right? Because we have the ability in our mental and emotional self to to rationalize if we're even allowed to heal. So if you're still holding on to some event or time in your life in which you long to get rid of, I'm going to say this is where we want to start, right? And this is a place where we have to do some serious work sometimes. And I know personally I did because my information that I had absorbed into my little fleshy apple part My information told me that this is just what my life would be. Lie number one. (laughs) And that over time, the pain would lessen and not feel so raw. Lie number two. (laughs) You know, based on the events of my early childhood, and my friends, you have one of those too. So based on the events of my early childhood, what I had assumed for my life, because it's what I informed myself with, it was all of the things in my world that told me who I was, and all those things told me that my life would always be filled with crisis and trauma. Well, when I realized this was wrong thinking, I had to really push to transform my thoughts to a place where healing could begin. And I hope, I hope beyond all things that you're not in that place. But the world suggests that more than a handful of us are in that place. 
But again, remember that there is more than one part to you. There's more than one part to us. And for me, that meant that once I had transformed my thoughts, I also had to work on the physical and the spiritual. I thought I had those pieces and parts together. I was physically fit. I was running. I was exercising. I was all doing those things. I was in faith. I was in church. I was learning. I thought all those pieces and parts were there. In fact, actually, some of the healing work that I did didn't come until I was at the end of my journey with my spiritual education. But let me, I digress just a little bit. So, excuse me, let, let me come back here. Because remember I said, we're not just one part. It's here where we each have different advantages. And why I always say that health is not some pre-described or prescribed formula. There is no checklist that gets you to healthy. There's no do this and you will be. That It doesn't work, my friends, because you are unique and individual and you have had a life all of your own. So there's no prescribed formula. Because I've never maintained, I had never maintained good mental or emotional thoughts. This had seeped into all those other areas. This trauma had it seeped into all my other areas. The physical that I thought was good, the spiritual I thought was good, right? Why? Because all of those parts are one. And so when when one is affected, all parts are affected. The value in being healthy and maintaining health and all of that is right there. Because all those pieces and parts are affected. And the wrong way to think about this is to believe that you experience a trauma is that it's a process that takes place solely in your mind. That would be the wrong way to consider or look at trauma and crisis. Because rather what happens is that trauma informs your physical reactions and responses as well as how you perceive your spiritual self. Let me explain because some of you are going, I don't get it. Some of you might be right with me already. But because we don't have a natural means um, logically to process trauma, if we don't seek help out and working through that, we do the best that we can, right? Which is again informed by all the things and all the people and all the influences, all of culture, all of everything in our lives that we have allowed in to inform us for whatever amount of time that we've been alive. So if you're sitting in the same space I am and you're in your 50s for 50 years, something around you has informed you about who you are. And this can be absorbed into our physical life experiences. Have you heard of soldiers who have physical reaction to sudden loud noises? That's what I'm talking about. I've also had first responders who have told me that memories of horrible scenes, horrible accident scenes or horrible whatever, and that they've come, these, these memories can be recalled in many of their senses, including the sense of smell. That is so crazy, right? But that's a part of our physical. So these things can be recalled, even in the sense of smell, at a sudden recall of an event. Uh, whatever that trigger is, it can recall all of these senses. 
You see, because our bodies are are separated and connected. I know that sounded weird. But we, we grow in different areas, but we're all interconnected, right? And in rape victims, they often experience difficulty in future healthy sexual relationships. You've probably heard or read about that somewhere along the way. And so if someone is traumatized by the events, by any of the events, the information that they have gathered either hinders or helps them transition into healing. And isn't that why you're here today is to learn more about healing? They've been taught in life that they can overcome any crisis and that crisis is surmountable then they're going to strive towards this naturally because that's what they have informed themselves with throughout their entire life. But on the opposite side of that, if they've taught, if they've been taught or they've informed, allowed themselves to be informed that life beats you up and you just go with it, carrying your bruises into the next space, then often what happens as those individuals will bury traumatic events and then the physical and the spiritual are informed and impacted in negative ways. I said a rape victim sometimes struggles to move forward in physical sexual relationships and this is one that might strike you as odd what I'm going to say here but but really take some time to process it. You see, that same rape victim might allow that event to inform the spiritual side of them as well. That interconnected piece, right? So it might be hard for them to understand grace or understand unconditional love or the protection of God. I know that feels a little odd to us. But I promise there's truth in that. And if you want to know more about that, I actually have a great resource on my website on the resource page. Uh, It's it's about an hour long presentation, but it's a psychologist in um, Europe who talks about the words that we use in healing and the words that we use in church often impact people in negative ways. And if you are of a victim such as a rape victim, understanding grace or unconditional love or protection might be difficult to hold on to. And so you allow the events of trauma and crisis to impact your spiritual as well. So what can you do to prepare yourself or to overcome? Well, first of all, I don't think we should ever be intentionally preparing ourselves against trauma or crisis. I think we should just be living healthy lives. And so I hope you even understand these are two different arenas completely, my friends. Preparing and overcoming are two different things. And if you're dealing with some event in your life, I suggest to you that you reach out to me or some other professional to begin the process of healing. If you don't know how to reach out to me, it's really easy. Contact at monicaswink.org. Or you can do it through my Facebook page, monicaswink.org, and you're going to be able to begin the process of healing, and there's lots of options for you. 
Just know that there are options and that you can overcome. No, that does not mean that you're going to get rid of those memories. What it should mean is that you're going to find a place in which you file these events so that they no longer inform every aspect of your life in negative ways. Instead, they will inform you who you are. That didn't sound right. They will inform who you are because they're now a part of you, right? That's always going to be the case. But the unhealthy parts can be transformed. I promise. I promise. I have seen this. I have lived this. Unhealthy parts can be transformed so that you are thinking in healthy ways about these events, which in turn will cause your physical, your spiritual, and emotional responses to be healthier. There's proof in this, my friends. If you feel like you are out there on an island and that's never going to be the case for you, I promise that is a lie because it is there for you just like it has been there for everyone everyone else that's ever gone through this process. And if you're lucky enough to never have experienced trauma or any serious crisis, then I'm, I'm grateful, I'm excited for you. But my guess is that 99% of you, and that's a guess, but my guess is that 99% of you out there listening have, however, probably gone through something serious or something extreme that's altered you in some way. And here are some things that you can do on your own. But know first that I always encourage you to seek out guidance that does not have to be from a licensed counselor. That's a great option. It can also be for a pa- from a pastor or someone who deals in healing care. But one of the first steps that you can take on your own is first of all, acknowledge it. Okay, I know you know it's there. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying to you is really and truly give it credit in your life. Acknowledge how much it has impacted your thoughts, your actions, your faith, your spirituality, your joy, your freedom, your passion. It has owned pieces and parts of you. So give it credit. Give it credit. But then diminish its power because it doesn't have power. You have power. So diminish its power. (laughs) And one of the best ways to do this is to put it to the test. I'm never fully going to be able to explain that here on this podcast, but here are the pieces and parts that I want to talk about and then explore that a little bit more on your own. Put it to the test. Let me go back to the rape victim for just a minute. If it informs you, if this event in your life informs you that something is negative, and in this case it would be maybe sex is negative or it's bad, then I encourage you to test it out. But there are safe ways to do this and unsafe ways to do this. So, again, use caution, seek advice. And that might mean for you that you're going to have to share something with your partner that you've never shared before. Asking for help is really hard for Americans. (laughs) If you are sitting in the U.S. listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. But you might need to engage them in allowing yourself to feel healing 
in your sexual relationships. It's not a single event, right? So you kind of need help. And like I said, I want to I be careful here because there's far more to any of this that I can share in this podcast. But my point is to you is put your trauma up against truth in every area of your life. This may mean you're probably going to have to have some help or do some serious research. The second thing is forgive, 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 forgive. It's a hard, hard place, my friend. Hard if you've been a victim, hard if it's been somebody attacking you, hard if it has been something you've had no control over. Forgiveness is never easy. It could be even harder if it was just a natural event that occurred and it wasn't a person. Because then you're thinking, well, where, where could I be bitter? How could I be bitter? Well, some of us hold it against God. Some of us own it as ours. Oh, we do this way too much. Sometimes we just claim it as ours. And some of us are just mad at the event itself. But regardless where you are, it most likely has gripped you with a bitterness against it. And the only way to get rid of that is to forgive everything that is associated with it. Forgive yourself for being held by it for so long. And forgive the fact that it has stolen joy. Forgive, forgive, forgive. I cannot say that enough. And then begin to replace the negative with true positives. True positives. There's a difference. Because I'm not suggesting candy coating anything here. But when you sense a negative associated with the event, acknowledge its presence. Give yourself grace for allowing it to be there. And then find a strength that you can take away from it. Find a lesson you can apply to your life from it. Find a forward movement that is healthy. And healthy means it does not stifle you. It does not take away joy. Healthy means there is freedom. And it doesn't mean you're dumping your unhealthy on somebody else. It means there's freedom. And I promise you there's a way out from underneath the weight that is holding your life back. And I know I say this all the time, but please, please consider reaching out to me because there are multiple ways. And if you're sitting there listening and you're a friend and you think, I I don't want to reach out to you. That's personal. I don't want them to know. Well, here's an option. Reach out to me and we'll share our personal together. That's okay too, my friends. There are multiple ways to contact me. Again, I mentioned it, Facebook page or my website. There's links there that you can reach out to me. But before I go today, there's one other thing that I want to touch on. And that's the value of maintaining all areas of our beings. Remember I said physical, mental, and emotional, because that's part of your psyche, way bigger than I want to get into, but that's a piece, those are pieces and parts. So your physical, your mental, emotional, and your spiritual are all equal values for our lives, for our bodies. They all exist equally. That doesn't mean we maintain them equally. <laughs> some of us are runners and some of us aren't. <laughs> doesn't mean we maintain it all equally. 
And if one is lacking, then I promise ultimately that the whole is affected. You have never watched a tree grow without roots, limbs, seeds, whatever it takes, right? The same is true of a human body. If one area of us is lacking, then the whole is affected. And take time now. Stop everything you're doing right now. (laughs) No, No, but take time. Seriously, guys, this is really important for you. Take time to consider what things you do to maintain health in all of these areas. Okay? And if one is lacking, make adjustments so that they're all equally strong. Because what happens when we experience trauma, and these are not all equally strong, is that because all areas are affected, and all areas can be weakened, if they're not all equally strong, we don't have something to, to, to shore ourselves up with, right? If our physical is affected, we don't have our spiritual to shore ourselves up with. If our mental is affected, we don't have the physical to shore ourselves up with, right? There's a release in one of those places, and so we need to make sure they're all maintained. And that ultimately means that when we begin healing, it's not just one piece or part of our lives, but in more than one. And you know what I'm trying to say here? I know you're not going to want to hear this, but the work is so much harder to do if we have to do heavy lifting in more than one area. So look at all these pieces and parts right now. Take stock, take inventory, and determine if you are healthy in all of these areas and what you need to do to shift any to make them healthy. You know what, my friends? I love this time that we spend together. I hope that you take something away. I hope you find encouragement to not just live life, but to live life beyond faith and to be transformed into a place where you carry peace around with you on a regular basis. I love you. Thank you for this journey. Until next time.